This is the Navigating Adult ADHD podcast, here to help you navigate and thrive with ADHD in adulthood. I'm your host, Zena, and I was diagnosed at age 36. As with many ADHDers, I have a rebellious and non-conformist style. And that means that there will likely be swearing in the coming episode. Please be mindful of any little people. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to Navigating Adult ADHD. As I record this episode for you today, my very little friend, one of my two loves of my life, my cats, (laughs) obviously, he is seated down by my feet. So yesterday he spent the day under my office desk, you know, sort of to the side of my feet. And he's doing it again today. So super cute. I wish you guys could see. And if you do follow me on Instagram, I do share this kind of shit. I am cat obsessed. (laughs) I love the cat memes and the cat videos. I got to be really careful because I can get very hooked on those. Anyway, all of that to say, I have got a furry companion today as I record this episode with you all, but he's fast asleep. So before we dive in, I just want to remind you that you can get your free guide over on my website, which will help you to better understand and manage your ADHD. So this guide is the 12 things that I wish my doctor had told me about ADHD. I think these are 12 things that we should learn very early on and, you know, perhaps be told or taught by our psychiatrist or our medical professionals as we're going through that diagnosis process. So you can get that by visiting xenajones.com and clicking on the start here button. All right, my friends, today we're talking about self-esteem. In this episode, I am going to share with you the three reasons why many ADHDers do struggle with self-esteem. And also the number one thing that you want to do to improve your self-esteem, okay? So this past week has been a really big one for me and I have done some scary shit. (laughs) Shit that, to be completely honest with you, I could not have done if I didn't have self-esteem. And if I didn't believe in myself, if I didn't have my own back and believe in my, my worth, Okay, so to give you a couple of ideas, I applied to speak at a conference for ADHD New Zealand conference and I was selected as a speaker. And that means speaking on a stage with a presentation for 40 minutes in front of, I don't know, it could be hundreds of people. I'm not sure how many people. And it wasn't that long ago that I did not have the self-esteem to put myself out there to share my ideas and what I want to talk about and, and pitch to be at this event in front of these people to, to be able to get up on the stage and deliver this for 40 minutes. It wasn't that long ago that I did not value myself, back myself, believe in myself enough to be able to do that. And the other thing I did is, and I want to say keep it a secret, but mm, <laughs> sharing it with a lot of people. But, and, and here's the thing, like this is scary to even share it with you guys because it might not happen. But what I did is I put in an application to be a speaker at a TEDx uh, here in New Zealand. I would love to be a TEDx speaker and share uh, some of the things that I have learned around ADHD and some of the ideas I have with the world. So there you go. I did something super scary and it was a video. You had to record a three minute video of yourself and submit it to, I guess, be scrutinized and judged by the people who select the TEDx speakers. So I did that too, okay? 
And I share this with you because I want you to know that it was not that long ago that I really struggled with self-esteem. It was in the toilet. I thought I was a terrible person that, you know, no, no matter what I did, I just felt like I was never doing enough. And I remember this time and I I've probably shared it here where I was obsessed with getting skinny and losing weight because I thought I was so convinced that if I could just lose the weight, then I'd finally be happy. And so I lost a lot of weight and I got really skinny and a lot of people commented on how I looked and how good I looked and how much weight I'd lost and all the things. But still, I did not feel good enough. It did not change my self-esteem. I was not magically happy all the time. Go figure. Right. And I could not look at myself in the mirror. There was so much of my life, like so many years of my life where I could barely look at myself in the mirror. And any time that I was in a mirror and, you know, maybe I was having to put on makeup to go to work or whatever it was, I would just pick at myself and I would say mean things to myself as I did that. For the longest time, I did not like myself. I did not like who I was. So that version of me she would never have spoken in public. She would never have, you know, shared her own story or believed that she had something worth sharing or teaching to an audience. And I really hope that if you can understand an ounce of, of where I was and where I am now, just believe that, like, that's possible. Like, honestly, I did not know I could do that. And I did. Like, I created that self-esteem. And if I can do that, I promise you, my friend, you can too. Okay, we're going to talk about how in this episode. Now, self-esteem is how we value and see ourselves. Okay, so it's our perception of ourself, basically. You could also think of it as it's our opinions and our beliefs about ourselves. Okay, how we see ourselves in the world. Now, your self-esteem affects whether you like and value yourself as a person. Whether you perhaps value yourself as, you know, a good employer or employee, a good friend, etc. And I'll tell you this, self-esteem is something that I work on with every single one of my clients. Most ADHDers struggle with this. And we may have self-esteem in one area, but perhaps not in another. Or it could be shaky in all areas. And our self-esteem affects our relationships. It affects our jobs, our goals, and ultimately having the life that we want to have. It affects how we feel each and every day and how we treat ourselves. And if you, like me, if you have big goals and big dreams, then self-esteem is required in order to achieve those, to take the actions necessary to get there, okay? So let's start with the three reasons why self-esteem is often a struggle for many ADHDs, okay? And I want to just add in there as well, like, especially those of us diagnosed later in life. So number one is that we have heard so many negative messages growing up throughout our lives, right, to this very day and time. Whether that be from kids at school, right? Our friends, our peers, the, the school bully. It could be the teachers in school. 
It's our parents and our families and our our communities and our bosses at work. And you've heard it here before. There are it is proven there are studies that show that a child with ADHD has heard 20,000 more negative messages than their peers by age 10. Add that 20,000 at age 10 and compound that to the to the age you are today. Right? Imagine that. All of those negative messages. How many times have you heard you just need to try harder or what's wrong with you? Why haven't you done that yet? Why do you always interrupt me? Or can you tone it down? Some version of like, you're too sensitive, you're too dramatic, you're too assertive. I've heard all of those, right? Maybe you've heard you take everything so personally. Or why do you always make it about you? And what happens is we internalize that. We have taken all of those negative messages that we have heard over the years and we've made it mean that there is something wrong with us. We've made it mean all sorts of bad things about ourselves. We're not good enough. We don't have what it takes. We're worthless. We're useless. We're stupid. All of these things. We're a failure. We're a fuck up. And then every time we hear another message like that, another comment from someone, we use it as just another reason to give ourselves a mental beating. And unlike if we were to physically punch ourselves in the face, there is no visible bruises. Nobody sees that internally we are beating ourselves up for never feeling good enough. Number two. It is the RSD, which means rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria, and the emotional regulation challenges that we can experience, okay? So we know that as ADHDers, we can be more sensitive to rejection and to criticism, okay? That's what RSD is, is that we can experience more intense feelings when we are, you know, rejected or given, you know, perhaps critical feedback, but even the perceived idea that that could happen in a certain situation may lead us to avoid certain situations, okay? And we as ADHDers are known to have challenges with feeling our feelings, emotional regulation. And what that means is it often leads to a shitload of overthinking and analyzing and ruminating and holding on to things and spending a lot of time in negative thoughts, which just becomes more negative thoughts about ourselves. Okay, now we can learn how to regulate our emotions and our nervous systems and and how to work with that part of us that can experience and be more sensitive to rejection and criticism. Okay, number three is We were not taught at school or anywhere in life how to think or how to feel, okay? Now, you might be like, yeah, but did we really need to? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) okay? There was no class that taught us that our thoughts are not always true. And this is important, right? We have 65,000 plus thoughts a day. That's a shitload of thoughts, right? And my guess is you've probably thought, and I know I have, man, my brain is busy. I just wish it would shut off. So many ADHDers say that. So we probably have more than 65,000 thoughts a day. 
And 90% of those thoughts that are buzzing around in our brain, they are our opinions, our judgments, and the stories we tell ourselves about all of the shit happening in our lives and going on around us. Okay, so what that means is there's a lot of judging, a lot of stories, which aren't necessarily factual, and often a lot of bullshit that our brain is kind of coughing up. That's normal. But the problem with not being taught how to think is that when we're just believing everything our brain throws at us, those thoughts determine how we feel. Okay, what we think determines how we feel. So when you think I'm a shit person, you feel terrible. When you think I should be doing more, you feel a ton of pressure. When you think I suck at not being on time, you feel bad about yourself. We simply were not taught how to think and how to feel. And that also goes for how to feel and process a feeling, an emotion, So we don't stay stuck in it, how to process it so we can move on instead of, you know, staying stuck in shitty feelings and then ruminating on it with a bunch of negative thoughts. Now, I also want to touch on external validation because external validation does not create self-esteem. It is an internal job. You know how somebody can say to you, oh, wow, you look so nice today. I'll give you an example. I actually went to a business meeting this morning and I rocked up in this cute little black, uh, is it a onesie? (laughs) Onesie, yeah, onesie. Anyway, it's like a short, it's like shorts, but yeah, it's a one piece, whatever you call it. But I had on this like uh, purple kind of suit jacket, casual suit jacket over top, that sort of style blazer. That's the better word. I had that on and every single person in that meeting said, oh my gosh, I love your outfit and I love your jacket. Okay, that's the example. Now, when someone says to you, hey, you did such a good job on that presentation and you think, fuck, no, I didn't. I should have gone slower. I got really flustered. Um, I should have done it better. And when they say to you, hey, you did such a good job, you're like, no, I didn't. You don't believe it. Right, that external validation doesn't work unless you're already believing or starting to believe what they say to you. So back to my example this morning of my cute outfit with my purple jacket, I did believe it. I was like, yeah, I know. I look great today. Thank you. (laughs) Right? Like it just reinforced what I already believed about myself. So what I want to demonstrate here is if you don't believe it when somebody says, oh, you look nice today. If you're like, no, I didn't even do my makeup and this is so old, this t-shirt's got holes in it. Like, If they say that, that external validation is just useless because self-esteem is an internal job. So before I give you the number one thing that you want to do to improve your self-esteem, I want to be very clear about something. Beating yourself up and telling yourself, I just have no self-esteem. You know, I'm just not good enough. I need to do better. I need to try harder. That kind of talk does not produce a positive outcome. I hear from you guys saying things like, if I'm really hard on myself, like I'm going to do better. I need to be hard on myself in order to make myself do better. And I used to believe that. I really did. 
I thought I need to really, you know, push myself. I need to be mean to myself. I need to tell myself why, you know, I need to do better and be better and rah, 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 and just be mean to myself to make myself do it. No, 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 my friend. Beating yourself up does not make you be better or do better. All right, if it did, you would be a multi-millionaire on a friggin' luxury yacht in Hawaii. I don't know why that's the example that came to mind, right? But <laughs> you'd be living your dream life, whatever that looks like for you, okay? Let's just get real. That shit doesn't work. Beating yourself up does not make you be better or do better, okay? Beating yourself up and shit-talking yourself does not make you confident and it does not build self-esteem. It does the opposite, my friend. Nobody ever created self-esteem by saying mean things to themselves. Okay, self-esteem is created by focusing on our strengths and by creating a relationship with ourselves where we talk to and value ourselves, just like we do with our best friend. The way we think about our best friend or maybe it's our partner. The way we think about them, the way we talk about them. Like we've got to do that for ourselves in order to build and grow and foster self-esteem. So back to like all of those times that people in school said to us, oh, you just need to try harder or you should know better. And that kind of shit never helped us to actually do better, did it? No. Every time they said that shit to us, like, oh, you, you know, you need to do better with this maths test or you need to study more, you need to try harder or what have you. We just internalized it, right? And we started, we believed, yeah. I'm not doing enough. I should be doing more, right? It just, all of these thoughts that we would have about ourselves, and we just felt worse. But imagine, imagine if that teacher had taken the time to get to know why we were struggling and to help us to come up with a plan for how we can actually achieve the homework or how we can understand the maths problems so that we can actually pass the tests. Like imagine if we'd had that kind of a positive experience then we might have begun to think things like, oh, maybe I can get good at maths or maybe I actually can get my homework done on time. Okay. And I know like I had a couple of conversations with you guys recently because obviously I'm sharing, a, you know, based on my experience in the, in the schooling system. And I know that things have changed a lot. And I think in many ways, there is still a lot of change that needs to happen, but there are some incredible teachers out there who do this, okay? And I work with a couple of y'all, so I just want to make sure I mention that, that you take the time to really um, get to know a child and their diverse needs and how you can help them based on the way that they learn, okay? And that is helping them to think differently about themselves and therefore foster self-esteem. So I just want to plug that and say, I love the teachers out there doing that. All right, so let's get to it. Here is the number one thing that you want to do to improve your self-esteem. Are you ready? Stop shit-talking yourself. Seriously, you have to stop talking shit to yourself. You've got to become the boss of your brain. We have to stop saying things like, I just don't have any self-esteem or, you know, my self-esteem isn't great or, you know, that kind of stuff is killing your self-esteem, right? You are literally poisoning it. Stop it, right? Instead of saying like, I did 
a terrible job on that presentation. Like, did you do okay? Did you at least do it? Did you, can you at least be proud of yourself for leaving your comfort zone? Instead of shit talking yourself, focus on better quality thoughts about yourself. Okay, and here's the rule. If you would not say it to somebody that you care about, then you don't get to say it to yourself. That's it. And this is not about positive affirmations and, you know, saying all the fluffy, wonderful things that maybe one day you'll believe, right? We're not going from one end of the spectrum, which says, which is I hate myself, way down the other end to I love myself. We're not just, you know, clicking our fingers and doing that. No, it's about moving up that scale gradually. It's about finding more neutral or middle, air quotes, ground that takes the pain out of the shit talking and helps you move up that spectrum towards self-esteem. Okay, I'll give you an example. I've got one client right now and she's amazing who, you know, we've been working together for about two months. Okay, she's just one who comes to mind. I've got a lot of amazing clients. I love you all. But I'm just thinking of this one who, who's coming to mind and she would come to our calls in the early days and she would tell me how much of a shit person she was and how, you know, she wasn't doing a good job at work and how she should be doing more. This was like a constant theme. And when I asked her about self-esteem, I remember she laughed at me and said, what self-esteem? And then in the next breath, she started telling me about how there was this person at work that she was, you know, helping in her job and how much progress that this specific person had made through her teaching. And so I said to her, hey, okay, based on that, is it possible then that you could be doing a good job or that maybe sometimes you do a good job? And she agreed. She could get behind that. That was something that her mind was like, yeah, I can see that. It's kind of middle ground. I believe that. Sometimes I do a good job. And you know what? Actually, sometimes she said this, right? Sometimes my boss tells me I'm doing a really good job. So yeah, I can get behind that. And yeah, sometimes my students are telling me how much they've changed and how much this is helping. So yeah, actually, maybe I do okay sometimes. Like I do do a good job. And so we talked about how when she, she continued to shit talk herself and tell herself that she was never doing enough and she wasn't good at her job and all of this. When she was doing that, like she felt terrible and she could see that when she instead focused on, you know, the areas where she might be doing okay and how she possibly could be doing a good job, it changed the way she felt about herself. She started to feel a bit better about herself and that changed the way she showed up at work. Now today we're about two months later and I had her session yesterday. It's probably why she's in my mind. She is constantly celebrating every single call, celebrating. I do like at the beginning of a call with a client, we go through the wins, right? What are you celebrating today? What's gone well this week? Like, what do we want to acknowledge for you, et cetera, right? And she's celebrating how she now knows that she's good at what she does. And she's sharing examples of how that's being demonstrated in her workplace and through her work with her, her students. And she's celebrating enjoying going to work. Now, this was somebody who hated going to work and would cry on the way to work. She now celebrates that she enjoys her job and she enjoys what she does and the impact she's having. 
and the contribution that she's making to her team. All because she stopped shit talking herself and instead moved from that just pivoted slightly to focus on better quality thoughts about herself and her her job and the work that she's doing with her students and her abilities. Okay. Now, if you want my help to not only increase your self-esteem, but also learn how you can work with your ADHD brain so that you can get more done and feel better about yourself, then head over to my website, xenajones.com. Click on the coaching button at the top there and book a free call with me. Okay, I will help you to take the hard out of living with ADHD so you can live a normal life. So to recap this, okay, stop shit talking yourself. Is it kind? You can ask yourself this. Put it through a filter, okay? Put it through a filter. Is it kind? Nope. Okay, then don't say it. And the next part of the filter, is it helpful? No. Then stop saying it. You get to boss your brain around, okay? You get to be in charge. You get to say stop. You get to say no more, okay? So ask yourself, stop shit talking and ask, is it kind and is it helpful? If there's a no in there, then it's just a, we ain't doing it, right? Focus on better quality thoughts about yourself. And remember, if you would not say it to somebody that you care about, then it is not good enough for you. Okay, you deserve better thoughts. When you learn to talk better to yourself, you will feel better. Okay, I want that for you, my friend. And remember, finally, if you want my help applying this and everything that I teach and talk about here on the podcast, head to the website, xenajones.com, book a call with me to get started. You deserve to feel good about yourself. Okay, do not let your brain tell you otherwise. Huge love, my friend. Take care. I'll speak to you soon. Hey, friend. I know exactly what it's like to feel frustrated and confused with your ADHD and to wish that you could better understand what the hell is going on in your brain. And that's exactly why I created my coaching program, Thriving with ADHD. Inside Thriving with ADHD, you learn a step-by-step process to set and finally achieve your goals, to understand yourself and your ADHD. It's where you learn to feel better and manage your emotions and create systems and processes that work for you with your ADHD brain. This is designed for you to learn how to thrive with ADHD so you can create the life that you were meant to live. Visit xenajones.com ADHD to learn more and book a consultation.